I'm excited to tell you about Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Edge and List Group. That's a lot to say, but there's a lot in it. And guess what? It's closing. It's closing this week. It'll close for Q4. It will not open up until next year. She started a third group, and so there's only 50 in it, so you don't have to worry about dealing with hundreds of other people buying the same thing. So you're going to get daily actionable items delivered to you five days a week. You're going to get the mentorship of being in the Million Dollar Arbitrage Group, and you're going to be able to ask questions, ask for help, get whatever you need. But again, get those opportunities. Join me in this group because I'm in this group, and you'll see me in there. The only way you're going to get to join this week is if you click on the link that's in this episode and also in Gay's interview uh, number 238 was episode 238, and she explains a lot of what it is in there. It's the only chance you're going to have to get in there. Second, I want to mention Scope from Seller Labs. I was just with Jeff. They are just killing it with this product. It is just knocking it dead because you get to see the keywords that are important for your listing. Why go try to figure it out? You already know an item is selling, so you go and find their keywords and you put them in your listing. It's a smart move. You already got a proof of concept and Scope does that for you. So it's sellerlabs.com slash scope. You're going to use the code word momentum and you're going to save 50 bucks. It's an awesome, awesome deal. I was just with Karen Locker also, and we we spent some great time talking about you know what's going on in her business, and it's just incredible. Solutions for e-commerce, great group. You're going to save 50 bucks if you come through my listing, right? Remember, these people pay me, so I don't want to mislead anybody. They pay me, but you're going to save $50, and she's still doing that inventory health analysis. This is the perfect time to get yourself right. Storage expensive. Remember, it's triple triple uh, storage fees. So get your inventory right. Get it correct. I just had her create uh, 68 variations of a listing. If you heard my interview with her at 245, you heard that. Um, 68 variations. They went live today. Products went in today um, as a day I'm recording this. And man, I'm so excited. I just, I'm so excited because I've got another order of them coming in next week. And so I already have the listings up. They look beautiful. It's everything that I needed. And it's just such going above and beyond. That's why I love solutions for e-commerce. Um, you go solutionsforecommerce.com slash momentum, and you're going to get that benefit. You're going to save, the, you're going to get the lowest price, save 50 bucks, and you get the inventory health report. GoDaddy.com, you want to try, try GoDaddy.com slash momentum, and you're going to save 30% on all your GoDaddy needs. I use them for all my um, domains that I buy. I have for a long time. Now I get to save 30% just like you. Try GoDaddy.com slash momentum. And last but not least is Grasshopper. I saw somebody just bought it this past week, and I, I can't wait to hear how it goes for them because it allows you to be the professional that you want to come across as, right? You want to have really strong features, especially as you're building customer service. I think that'd be a great program for anybody who's selling on Walmart. You need a customer service program. You can use Google Voice. It's free, but it's definitely not as professional, and you're not going to be able to have the flexibility. Imagine one phone, your personal phone, and that app on there allows you to have all those lines set up. You can have it forwarded to other... You can you can do custom vanity numbers, you know, 888-63, whatever you want. Great program. Try grasshopper.com slash momentum. Try grasshopper.com slash momentum. Save 50 bucks there too. All right, let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 248, Paul Apollonia. Now, I appreciate this conversation so much because here's a gentleman who's a little older than me, yet for the last 10 years has created a business for himself, something that he has figured out that he's pretty good at, and he's teaching others. He's not the most successful seller. You're not going to hear millions of dollars in sales. He's a little humble, and yet he's doing it on his terms. How many of us wish, well, let's say this, we get into discussion about how we describe ourselves when we go to a party, right? How men define themselves. And now you get to a place where that's not so important. The older you get, the less important that is. And I think we get into a great place. I hope people really listen to this. Let's get into the podcast. 
All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Excited about today's guest. Uh, I got to meet him face to face, and was very impressed uh, with the story. But the, more importantly, just the attitude about um, his business and his life, and I just love it. Paul Apollonia, welcome, Paul. Yes, hey, hi, Stephen. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. I'm mean, just a great day working on warehouse stuff. Uh, moving between two or three. Actually, I'm look. I have three warehouses right now. I'm working with, trying to figure out what's the best scenario, and uh, that's a really those distractions. I mean, I was just talking with somebody about this. When you get one of these distractions, it can change your whole day. I had a plan today. I was going to do this, and guess what? Now I'm on these these little side gigs. You know, dealing with this. Does that happen to you a lot? Uh, yes, it does. I actually, uh, my kids are older now. Um, hmm. They're uh, teenagers. And uh, my 17 year old daughter, she always is uprooting my plans <laughs> uh, almost on a daily basis. But, and, and my wife goes, You need to be more serendipitous. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> but isn't it awesome that you have that ability? To me, that's a pretty awesome thing. How many other businesses could you be in that you could? Just pick up and do something different. Almost none. Right. All right. All right. Well, let's get in this story because uh, you have a you've been doing this a long time. Yes, I have. I've been uh, doing eBay since uh, like feels like forever. I signed on in 1998. Really didn't do too much. Just bought a few things, obviously, like we always do, and uh, started selling a little bit in the early 2000s and just uh, goofed around with it and. Um, Left my full-time job in 2004, did not do online stuff for another five or six years. I started an automotive detailing business, mobile, did that till about 2008, and then 2008 came along and everything came crashing down, which I think that was a God thing, to be honest with you. And um, I moved on to uh, doing online stuff just by accident. Well, not really by accident. A friend of mine was telling me I should be selling on eBay. It's a lot easier work, and I just ignored them for a couple of years. Well, it's a big, did you ignore them because you had already had that experience, and you were like, eh, it's not that easy? Because way back, it really was not oh. easy. I mean, it was not easy. You couldn't do anything with the photos and everything else, right? Gosh, no, it was not. Gosh, I remember going to the post office and waiting in line for every single thing. Yeah. Sell, and God forbid somebody from international bought something, you had to go, and that was another fiasco. So I think that's part of the reason, too. I think you're correct there, that it was, uh, at the time, it wasn't as easy as it is now. Yeah, I wonder if that's a lesson for us to think about. You know, I mean, I think about, I've seen this so many times, right? It's Q4, things that we're selling, then all of a sudden the price tanks, or last year it was great, and then everybody gets in on it, right? And then it's not valuable anymore, right? So you stop looking for it, or you stop selling it. And then all of a sudden, though, you go back and look now. I wonder if that story, you trying something, it was hard, it just, whatever happened, and then you give it some time, and then you can get back into it. I wonder if that's pretty much everything that we deal with. Hmm, a little thought. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's interesting. Oh. Okay, so, so you decide, I'm going to try this. Was this going to be an end all, or was this a stopgap till you found another job? Uh, it was going to be a stopgap until, unfortunately, I went was planning on going back into full-time work again. I know, yuck. But <laughs> I was able to make it uh, be almost my full-time income, so I didn't have to go and look for another IT job. So that was great. So so you had a plan, right? And you say you were going to make, you know, $100 a week. I'm just going to make this easy. Right. And the fact that you got to 70 or 80 and you were enjoying it, that was enough. Was it enough for you and your wife or was it just enough for you? It was just enough for me. My wife was working. She, um, she's been in the nursing field forever and, and now she's a, she actually left that and now she's a therapist. Okay. She but, went back to school. but she, um, where I was going with that, was she on board with you doing 70% or whatever? She has been supportive in whatever I have done in our 34 years of marriage, to be honest mm. with you. I that's pretty awesome. ask for a better woman than what I have. Well, I think that that's, you know, what you just said, I think is a powerful message for somebody to hear because I see that question asked a lot. So I'm wondering when I see other people out there, so I see these posts and they're like, when can I leave my job? When does it make sense? And in your case, it wasn't when you made 100% of your income. It was when you made, say, 70%, and yet 
you still enjoyed it. I wonder if that's the permission point where people need to get to. They don't need to replace it all the way because just just by doing it, you get better at it, right? I mean, I imagine you're much better today than you were 2005, right, or 2008. Oh, oh yes, 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 of course. And I'm always trying to find better ways to get better too. Right, right, sense. right, because you can then focus. And so I wonder if people need to hear that. Instead of waiting till you replace your income, get to 70% and then let that be good enough because you're only going to get better. That next 30%, while it's probably harder, it's probably easier when you give it your all. You know, when you're, when you're trying to do this part-time, right? I mean, maybe you can attest to this. Doing this part-time is a very difficult to scale. It's a very difficult thing to replace a six-figure income if you were going to try and do that or whatever it is, right? It is. And, and so I wonder if that's the place that people need to get to in their head. I, it just sounds, the way you said it, it sounded so good. Like, hey, that's good enough. Now I can build something. Right. And also, like I said before, uh, there's nothing wrong with being part-time, but I think being part-time and knowing you have that, that check coming in every two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't have to work that hard today. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. That check coming in every two weeks. Or, oh, well, I won't work this weekend because, you know, I got that check coming in. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot different doing it part-time and then doing it, on, you know, like all on your own. You have to really be disciplined and, and, and everything else. I've learned a lot about myself. Oh, wow. Well, talk about that. So you learned a lot about yourself. Did you like everything you found out? About myself, to be yeah. quite honest with you, I'm pretty much an open book. No, I didn't. Uh, one of my good friends, way back when I first left my job, he goes, okay, now the fun begins. You start to deal with those, what he called demons in your head, you know, mm. where you're, um, you know, you're, you have to get up in the morning. You have to make your own schedule. You have to, you know, you have nobody to answer to but you, you know. To, you can't call in sick call. without, yeah, right? Sick, you know, a sick of a day is means something exactly. different, right? <laughs> well, you got to make it up the next day, you know? Yeah. Like, I came from the IT world where, you know, a program manager would hand you something to do and gave you deadlines. You have to make your own deadlines now. I mean, it's it's, I wouldn't change it for the world now, to be honest with you. So just the freedom, it's just, I can't explain what the freedom feels. It's just awesome. But you didn't like, I mean, to me, and this is hard for a guy to admit, and it's not a, you know, uh, picking on you or anything like that. I think a lot of people get there in their head, and then they think there's something wrong. I think it's normal that you start to see the things, hey, maybe I wasn't as disciplined as I needed to be, right? Or maybe I wasn't in my job. Maybe I didn't give, I said I gave 100%. Maybe I didn't. Oh, yes. Gosh, of course. Like when I first left in 2004 and I started that auto detailing business, now I was doing it part-time before that for about a year, and I thought, man, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to be so busy. Well, I'll be quite honest with you. I wasn't ready. I shouldn't have left my job then. I should have waited another year or so to where I was really ready to be self-employed. It was just a bad time for me, and just I don't know why it was just a bad time. What do you make a decision out of emotion? Um, to leave, I was just—it was a weird thing, you know. Like I loved that industry for my whole life. I was in it, and then I just got up one day and was just like, "I really don't like this anymore." And I let that sit in my head for about a couple of months. And my wife goes, "Well, just leave your job if that's what you want to do." And I was just blown away. I'm like, "What?" Hmm. <laughs> so she she took away. You were like, well, I can't leave. You know, I don't want to disappoint my wife. She took that away, and now there was nothing stopping you but you. I know, and it was funny. When she said that, I said, I'm going to let you think about that for one more day and then get back to me because I'm like, what? Did she really just leave my job? I was like. (laughs) I had a similar circumstance. My wife was the one that encouraged me. You know, I mean, I I have a pretty good job, and it's a good comment. I'm friends with them still, you know. But it's just uh, she was like, look, I think time is now. You know, I mean, let's just. Let's just go. And I was like, wow. I mean, that was pretty exciting. It was very, uh, it was very nice that, um, that she encouraged it. And I think, I think that's, that's a good thing. Um, I think it's healthy for couples to have that conversation. Because, boy, okay. it, what would happen if you would have left and she never got to speak her opinion about it? Right. And I think that's important. You need the support of your spouse or significant other or whatever your situation is. To be self-employed, I mean, I know so many guys that want to leave, but they're 
their spouse likes them having that nine to five. And that's, I mean, that's something for them to deal with, I guess. I'm not saying get a divorce. I'm not supporting that. But, I mean, it, it makes it a lot easier when you have a very supportive spouse that says, leave your high-paying job. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> mm. Well, let's talk about stuff because you got some stuff. Right. You are a stuff yes. guy. You are a big eBay seller. So, I mean, let's call it what it is. You've got stuff. How's yeah. that conversation go? I mean, does she does she look at your stuff and say, hey, call it your stuff? Or how's that conversation go? Um, to be honest with you, it goes good sometimes and goes bad a lot of <laughs> other times. I, I'm, I'm not. One of the questions here, and I have a real big print, is I need to get more organized with my inventory. Right. If it means hiring somebody to come in and help me out and get this inventory organized. Like when I, like I've got it organized somewhat. Like when I sell something, I can find it really quick and that's not a problem. But the amount of stuff, you know, I mean, since I do parts, you know, where I'm parting out, you know, lawnmowers and outdoor equipment and appliances, whatever else I got my hands on, I have a lot of stuff laying around and I need to get rid of a lot of stuff because it's causing some tension in the family. You know? yeah, I, my older son says I am rain man when it comes to our inventory because I know where it is. I don't know why. I could retain it. I mean, literally, we have thou- we have four thousand SKUs live for sale, plus what we have live on Amazon, um, Merchant Fulfilled, and yet right. I actually know where it is. When somebody's like, "Oh, where's that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's over here." And I have no clue why. Isn't that incredible? And the funny part is, like, when I can't find an item, it's not like a hundred dollar item; it's a three dollar item, and I got to spend two hours. <laughs> Well, they always say that the biggest complainers are the lowest purchasers, right? It's the smallest items you have, which will cause the biggest problem. It's true because somebody who's spending a couple hundred dollars sold a $120 item today, no stress. They knew exactly what they wanted. They're willing to pay for it. However, you know, if I'm selling a $8 pen because I happen to own, I bought an office supply store a gazillion years ago and I own a million of them. I've been selling them for years and that one there, oh, can you tell me the color? Can you tell me the length? Could you do this? Could you do that? Could, will it take this lead? Will it? And I'm like, well, dude, man, I, I don't want to answer any more questions. I've, I've lost interest. <laughs> I know, it's a but it's like the good with the bad, you know? I mean. You know, I, how about this experience? So uh, with the good with the bad, now that postal rates have changed significantly, they've been changing rapidly pretty much once a year, sometimes twice a year, it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. I lose sometime. There was one particular item I lost money on today on the shipping. However, I make money on some of the other ones. So I kind of look at it as a balancing act, right? It just kind of balance. I don't stress about it. I refuse to right. stress about it. Right. How, how do you approach that? Well, at one time I used to stress about it. Okay. <laughs> but the older I've gotten and the more I've gotten into this business, you're right. It's uh, sometimes you make money on, sometimes you make a lot of money on one item and you lose a little bit on another it's just the business. The thing I used to stress out about a whole lot about was the returns. Oh my gosh, if I got somebody wanting a return, it would ruin my whole day. I'd be festering over this stupid return, which means not working on my business, not listing things on eBay, not parting things out, not doing the things I need to do all day because I'm stressing out over a $5 return. Like, you know, that guy, why is he with it's $5 item? Just accept it. Is it because in back in the day you believed they were one hundred percent scamming you? Period. I think that's what I. Yeah. Right. How? Wait. They can't. They can't mean that that item really doesn't work. It was working when I sent it. There's no way it would have gotten damaged in the mail because I personally packed it. Right. I mean, these are the kind of conversations I have in my head, and then I'm like always like, you know what? Or you know, uh, they're returning something. There's a scratch on this CD, and I'm thinking. I listened to that CD. There was no scratch on that CD, but could have gotten a scratch. Yeah. You know, and now I've come to that conclusion is that I, I changed my attitude and just said, you know what? Nobody's scamming me. And if they are, so what? I can't let that control my life because that, that well, stuff brings you down, right? It does. And, and, and I, you know, I can tell you it does because it did me. And, you know, you know, like my kids come home, I'd be all angry. I'm like, then finally one day I'm like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm like destroying my business. I'm destroying myself over a return. It's part of business. Returns are part of business. You know, every store gets them and I'm a store. So how many live SKUs do you have now live? 
not a whole lot. Probably about three hundred. Okay, so about three hundred. Yeah. And do you, is that about where you kind of maintain? Or I mean, yeah, I, of course, everybody right. wants to add more, right? Everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I maintain, but I'd like to get a lot more than that. It's just, it's a time issue, to be honest with you. Right. I end up putting things up that I know will sell. I, I agree with that. But but isn't that a smart move, right? You 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 know you have a hundred items. Well, let's just let's make it easy. You have twenty yeah, items, so twenty yeah. items, and you look through them, and you're like, this will sell the fastest in your mind, right? And that's experience. This will sell the fastest. This will sell next. This will sell next. And you might end up getting five of those items. Those fifteen probably don't get up, and then you add another twenty to it. Right now, all of a sudden, you're looking at thirty five, and it, it grows. Right. right. So if if that. I, and I'm guilty, dude. I'm guilty. So I'm, there's no judgment here, right? Just nobody else is listening. It's just you and I. I'm guilty of it. Okay. But it's it's true. Shouldn't we take those five items that we know will sell and then liquidate the other 15? I know we should. And but, I'm so glad. Sounds like you have the same problem. Oh, well, we all do. I do. Anybody who has an eBay business has this problem. Right. You know. But wait, but that'll sell someday. And, mm-hmm. you know. It's just we just need to just liquidate this stuff because then it makes room for for better inventory instead of shelves being filled with dead inventory. When we were out in uh, Chicago uh, recently, and uh, I was talking with Pete Casissa, he's the Craigslist hunter, and we were chatting. Oh, have a, we had a beer, and we were sitting there chatting. He's just a great guy, and we were chatting. And he was telling me about um, all these knives he bought and how it's really brought up his average sale. I mean, that's his whole goal. So he's not selling volume. Of items, he just has a very high average selling price. I think there is the smart move, right? Is to sit there and say, okay, you know, uh, Paul, there are 20 items here. These five things will sell very quickly and they're priced, they'll sell at a price above such and such. I might be able to make a pile and make one more, but everything else is not worth my time. It's worth someone else's, but it's just not worth my time. That's not an ego issue. It's just because you had mentioned that you have a time problem too. And I'm, I think I'm talking to Steve here, not to Paul, but just so you know, I'm talking to myself. But I, I think that there's very that's very rational to sit back and say, you know what? It takes the same amount of time to list an $8 pen as it does a you know, $100 camera. Right. You're right. Hmm. And, and, and I agree, but then I also look on the other side. Of how many times am I going to get a $100 camera and I've got $108 pens? That's true. You understand what I'm saying? So... I use I a vending machine approach. No, and I, I do. I use a vending machine approach. So I sit there and say, you know, if I bought 40 of an item, I love it because I can just put it up and list it for sale. It'll sell for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Pretty steady. And I never touch it. I literally have items that I've been selling for four, four or five years and they just keep selling, you know, every one a month, one every couple months. And they just sell and sell and sell. When you have a scaled store, there's no extra cost other than when it sells, right? And right. to me, I don't have to touch it now. My pictures probably look like crap because they're five years old. But you know what? They still it's sell. Selling. Right. right. Selling. I want to worry about it. Well, it, it, it's funny because, you know, I, I've lived through five or six generations of eBay changing significantly. And right now they're going through some big changes on, you know, this. Um, and it's not them. It's Google Chrome. But it's things that affect your listing, right? So, uh outside sort like we've all used third-party systems to help because ebay wasn't complete at the time and so you have to live with the photo links and the security links and all the rest of that stuff and i should go back and fix those listings but it's you know that's not as sexy as adding these other things that are sitting there and i want to get them up and get them out because we just went through and picked the five that are going to sell right (laughs) i don't want to go back and fix other (laughs) right you're exactly right okay so You've scaled to a good size for you. Um, now, you have no staff or anything like that. It's just you. No, it's just me. Rarely can I get my family to help me out, but they will help me out if I need them. Okay. So. How do you feel about, you know, and this is uh, how many years you've been doing this? Almost 10 years full time. Mm-hmm. Looking back, would you change anything? And if so, what? I would change my my attitude, like I said when I first started out, to, to to just not to just not get all bent out of shape over little things. That's sort of been my problem with a lot of things in my life. I get worried about the little things, let them fester in my head, and I you know let other things pass me by. 
Um, I'd be a little bit more adventurous, maybe going into some other markets, maybe paying for some training. You know, like I want to start getting back into Amazon. I did Amazon just for a little bit, FBA, books and stuff for about a year ago, two years ago. And I wish before that that I would have looked, been more open to other avenues. I mean, eBay's great. eBay pays my bills. I love eBay for what I'm doing. But I think we all need to to venture out into other channels, too. Well, plus that what you want to maintain, I mean, you got to be very cautious about this becoming a job for you, right? I mean, you already, you could go get a job if you want. You're an IT guy, yeah. right? And so, right, you want to make sure that it still has the fun, right? The hunting part is fun, right? I think, would you agree with that? The The hunting part is fun. And for me, and this is a weird one, most people won't get this. There's something about the shipping side of it for me that's fun too, because it's kind of an, like a an accomplishment, it's, uh, it's uh, who, who says that where they applaud with dollar bills, right? People that, you know, customers applaud with dollar bills. There's something about that shipping piece that finalizes it that I say, yes, done. It's like when I send an FBA. It's no different when I send an FBA shipment. It's like, oh, it's out of my door. It's out of here. Ah, uh, I'm I victorious. I was like victorious. Like the sales complete, basically. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I won. Check. Nice. <laughs> It's in between. <laughs> That's the challenge. Yeah, it's all that in between stuff, right? Keeping the item, storing the item, right? Yeah, and, and taking down. the picture, creating the listing, answering right. questions. Not my favorite part, right? No. no. So, so how are you working on your business then? I mean, it sounds like you you figured out some things that you know you would change going backwards, right? But you, I mean, you can adjust your attitude, right? That's a choice, right? right. Just the yeah. fact that you know it. I'm assuming. I hope. That more often now you're like, eh, moving on, eh, moving on. Right. Okay, so that's good. So you got that piece worked on. How about working on your business though? Have you been able to figure out ways to reduce your touch points? So we, you and I spend a lot of time talking about inventory control because I have a lot of inventory. We, we spent some time. How do you do that, right? And we walked through a little bit, a couple scenarios. What have you done specifically to start addressing that or just now this is the second time you and I've talked about it. Is this where you're doing, you're in that formulation plan? I think I'm still in a formulation plan as far as the inventory, because uh, I am, I am touching the item way too much. Even okay. like when it's in inventory, like I have different theories and I don't have a whole lot of inventory. Like I said, I got about 300 items listed. So that's not a whole lot of items compared to what you have. And I'm, I need to figure out what, like, for example, I've got, Let's say I've got gas tanks off of lawnmowers, same gas tank. For me, it works better to keep them all in one box and have the item number on the gas tank compared to putting them in different boxes with, you know, people have the, you know, the item, the, um, I'm sorry, the shelf label, mm-hmm. the rack labeled, and then the box. To me, that, that just didn't work out for me. It works out better for me to have them all in one box, so it's gas tanks, and I just go right there and I pull the one out. Okay, that so that seems to be good. That seems less touching to me on the inventory compared to what I was doing before. But I could so, be wrong, but well, the, here's Steve's advice, right? So this is the kind okay, of this is the kind of things that you and I talked about. And so when yeah. my advice to Paul, we were chatting about different scenarios. I just said the method that I use, and I heard somebody describe it to me today. And this is a very interesting description. He was describing when they put an Amazon warehouse in his town. He went and talked to him, and he said the guy described it this way. We look at our warehouse as a hotel, very similar hotel. So when you go into a hotel, they don't really have a room set aside for you. You get the next available room, right? It's the next available room. They're going to rent that to you, right? The next one that meets the requirements, whatever it be, you know, could be size, could be whatever. And they rent it to you and the next available one goes to the next guy, right? Well, your inventory, the way Amazon puts their inventory on their shelf is the next available space that it will fit. Because if you think about it, the fact that you're putting it on the shelf takes effort, right? There's another touch point. You've got to move over to that shelf. You've got to put it in there and place it. So if it's the closest space to you, you saved time right there, okay? When the sale happens, that's also true because you're going to save time going to it. And it doesn't sound like a big deal because it's six feet versus 12 feet. But when you're scaled to Amazon's level, which is, um, you know, I mean, we have four Amazon where I tell the story, guys, honest truth. There are four Amazon warehouses in our town and they're all about a mile long. I mean, they're monsters. I mean, they're just, so if you think about it, right? So 
In this scenario, Paul, what I'm saying to you is that gas tank, you know, first off, I would always seal it, you know, in bag or whatever it is yeah. so you could protect yeah. other items. By putting it in an individual space. So in Amazon, there's a baseball bat sitting next to a bag of potato chips, next to a bag of coffee, next to a pair of scissors, next to, you know, uh, a Starbucks coffee mug. And what happens right. when, when, or and a gas tank, right? So when the gas tank sells, they go into that general area, that picker or machine in their case, depending which it is, doesn't really have to think because it's the only gas tank. So it just makes it so much easier. Where the challenge for you is you've got to go pick up that box of gas tanks and look through them. And here's an example. I'll use even a better example. I bought two, crazy. I bought two. I was I bought one and then I bought the friends. They were dog couture shops. I had to look up what the word couture means. Um and it was something about like doggy, uh, like fancy outfits. These are some funky sweaters for dogs and some dresses, all this crazy stuff that people do for their dog. And this was really expensive stuff, right? Really high end. And so I'm fortunate my wife is involved. When I bought this store and I finally get all this stuff list, we're talking hundreds of pieces of clothing. And sometimes it's a sweater and it's three sizes, small, medium, and large. They have dog sizes, small, medium, and large. Anyway. <clears throat> We'd put them in. When she put them in, um, and I was using a VA, when they put them in, she actually put them in a bag and then labeled the bag. Okay, so it said small uh, sweater, brown sweater. Right. Right, let's call it that. So then she put it in a bag. Then we threw them in tub, big giant tub. So every time a piece of clothing would sell, I'd have to go looking through this tub. Well, there was a blue sweater. There was a purple sweater. And then I'd find a small, and then I'd see a large. That was terrible. So, I mean, we're talking hundreds of pieces. They're real small. They're all in plastic bags. The bags are labeled. So a better process. So I couldn't do much with it because they were all listed. However, what I could do is I went into that bag and I sorted it down by color into, I think, ended up about six larger bags. So I put all the brown in with brown. I put all the green in with green, okay. all the blue and all the red. And so what happened is when a small brown sweater sold I only then had to look through this bag of brown I mean it didn't make it perfect but it was a way I could improve the process so now instead of looking at 400 pieces I'm now looking at 30 pieces is that helpful in any way uh, yes yes it is very helpful and so so that process was a way I improved the process I didn't perfect the process I wouldn't do it again that way any bit of it but right. when you have a situation that you've created and you want to make the best of it so, you know, for example, you could put things in numerical order. So you have all your gas tanks in order, right, in some way. Right. You can put, you know, I'm going to mess up names. I know John Deere is the only one I had a good John That's Deere fine. tractor. So you had John Deere and, a, oh, yeah, here, Briggs and Stratton. So the Briggs and Stratton would be a B, and then John Deere, because it begins with a J, would be afterwards. And you could put them in alphabetical. So you can improve. You could take an existing process, rather, because it's not broken, but you can fine-tune right. it in a way. And if you do that at scale, and then you never do it again. So as you do new things, you improve the process. So you own what you have, because it's already done rather than go back and redo right. it. You just right. fix it, uh, that little bit of a twist. And let me tell you, every time one of those dog outfits sold, I thank God that we did that work. And it was, you know, 20 minutes work separating it. But I save, you know, 10 minutes every time something sells. And Right. Little changes like that are the way to take your existing inventory and improve your current process, but going forward, don't create it again. That's the real lesson there. Exactly. Exactly. And and also, don't forget, time is money, too. So you save 10 minutes on the silly dog sweater, so you can spend that 10 minutes doing something else. Right. Right. Money. So, so, so looking forward, so you're looking at this function. So my suggestion is to write down your touch points, literally write them yes. down. Every time you touch it and just say, it is what it is. Okay, I touched it for this. And then go back and say, could I eliminate this step? No, I got to do this. Okay, can I eliminate this one? And when you start identifying the steps that you can eliminate, you're going to make a big change. As you just said, 10 minutes, it doesn't seem like a lot. Oh, it's only 10 minutes. About 10 minutes times, you know, 16 times a week is a lot of time. It, it's a lot of time. Hmm. When, right. when you're looking for inventory, what... What has changed in your process for inventory buying or even just thinking about it? Well, 
Actually, a lot of people just give me stuff. Okay. Which my wife so your, loves. So your so cost of good is very low. <laughs> yes, that's right. So I'm very well liked in my town. Um, what I do now is I'm very, very picky on what parts I pull off of things. Like mm-hmm. I used to pull up almost everything. Oh, I can get, you know, this much for that. Like we talked about earlier, you know, why am I going to sit there and spend 20 minutes pulling off a $3 part when I can spend three minutes pulling off a $15 part, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm really, really picky on what I pull off and what I sell. So I think that's smart. You know, one of the other things too to think about is the, uh, that 80, 20 rule, that Pareto principle. What is yeah. the thing that most people buy? Right. And then that right. would be the item that you would have. And then again, what's the thing that nobody buys, but that's probably nobody selling. That's another thing that would be great, you know, is right. to have that, you know, um, I don't know how to do that. I'm not that smart, but now, uh, we, you and I were also talking about an inventory management system and, and you don't have one either. And neither do I, I mean, I want to be clear about that. I'm looking at okay. them. I'm actually talking to a couple companies, but I use actually eBay system to do it. Now they have a SKU, which we never use because that wasn't there, a custom field. Um, right. we actually put it directly in the listing. I saw some people put it in the title. We do not. Uh, we put yeah, it in the listing. Yeah, it's power. That's, you know, that's strength. Um, the, I was thinking about that this morning, uh, keywords, right? How many of us are really focusing in on the keywords that we're using for eBay? As they become more of a database, right? right. We really need to start paying attention just as we do with Amazon. But uh, I'm really looking at an inventory management system because I think I think to scale to the next level, which is to get to 10,000 SKUs, which is my goal, I really need to get control because you're seeing on a very small scale, it's hard to manage. Go up a level, you know, 10x that, it's 10, oh. it's 10 times harder. Well, oh. dub, double that. If I don't fix it, I'm going to be in the same place. Right. Uh, yeah, right. And I think that's, that almost scares me, to be honest with you, growing. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm having trouble dealing with what I have now, which is really nothing compared to other sellers. I'm, I just, I need to get some kind of inventory management, either buy something or just get this thing under control to where I can handle more business. Hmm. Well, would you, would you double in size if you could? Yes. In a heartbeat. Would you 10 X in size if you could? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, so there's a limit. Yeah, there is because I don't know what kind of help I need. I think it's good to have help, but, uh, I don't know about 10 X double. Yeah. Easily. Okay. Okay. Well, I just wonder where, where for you, where are the absolutes in your life that you just say the business is off? This takes a precedence. Like when stuff happens with my family and stuff. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, I try and put those, you know, I try and put my kids and my, my wife and kids first and, and whatever and her side of the family, if something's going on, it would just get up and go or whatever. But, and that's hard sometimes, too, to be honest with you. You know, you know I'll be here for another half an hour. Or I'll be over there and you need to really make choices, you know. Well, has that changed over the years for you, too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it has. Yeah, it has. I'm definitely more grateful for what I have now than what I was, you know, 10 years ago. I think age does, too, you know, as you get older. You're more grateful. Better. Well, yeah. Well, I think we should explore that for a second because I think that's powerful. So you're saying you're more grateful today than you were. That's not a selfish statement. Um, that's real, right? Right. Did why were you not as grateful? And I'm a guy, so don't get me wrong. I'm not judging because no, I, I I'm the same no, guy. I, I, why was I not more grateful? Because I think a little bit of that is still in me. I'm I'm just I'm I'm, I'm just not thinking. Sometimes I'm I'm always just. I mean, is it an ego thing? Is it no? No, no it's not an ego thing. For okay. Me. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I need to stop and smell the roses sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, like that's I'm interesting. Like yeah. I'm always running around, you know, chasing things. And, and I've gotten better with that over the last year, but, you know, I still need to work on that more. Okay. Okay. What are you working on in your business now? Well, I mean, when you sit back and I know we've been talking about, you know, getting control of inventory and the process and that kind of thing. What else are you working on on your business? Well, right now, actually, I've been working on um, where uh, I've developed a um, an online eBay training course with a friend of mine that um, 
that we kicked off uh, about seven months ago. We really haven't marketed it too well. Okay. And we're trying to get that going. Um, and I'm working on training. I do a lot of trainings. And you're uh, training people how to sell on eBay. How to sell on eBay through community colleges and local adult learning after. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I love it. I really do. What do you love about it? I just love to see people that they just come into the class and don't know anything about eBay. And then they, you know, they're working a second job and they're, you know, they want to be home with their family. And I'm like, you can easily, with work, you can easily make that part-time income up selling on eBay. You know, instead of going out to that second job every day or whatever, you can be home just selling things you have in your house, which we all have about $2,000 worth of stuff in our house we can sell. So, and then from there, go to garage sales, you know, the whole whole eBay thing, the treasure hunting stuff and everything. And you can be home with your family and not have to be working. I think it's great that you put a dollar amount on it. So that's your rule of thumb to people. Hey, look, you got two grand sitting in your house. Don't go looking for anything. You don't got to go buy anything. Sell the $2,000. That's powerful because how many people do you see? Man, if I just had $500 right now or something like that, right? Um, They haven't. I know. And people are so like that. Like I'll get people come up to me, oh, well, I want to buy all these products. uh, online and sell them on ebay and i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. that's that's way down the road and that's that's like (laughs) why don't we start off with stuff you have in your house what do you mean i said you probably have about three thousand dollars worth of stuff in your house what do people say when you say that to them well first they doubt me and then you know then they go home and then they they contact me back and they go you know what i found this and i found that and i found this other thing and i also say to them you have to sell things you have zero attachment to, like stuff you could almost throw away. Like if it, you know, got lost in a fire, you'd be okay with it because you you need to sell stuff at market value too. You need to build up your eBay, you know, your feedbacks and your, you know, detailed sellers rating and everything, you know, to get, you know, good with eBay. So where, where do you teach this class? And is there more than, I mean, do you see them weekly? No, I see, uh, I teach it once a month. It's a, uh, four hour three and a half hour class and we basically um how i start off is i go through quickly through a bunch of slides on ebay and then we take an item i bring an item and we go step by step selling it on ebay listing it showing them how to ship it how to set up the shipping rates um, how to deal with returns and that's basically it and this is done at a community college or uh okay Uh, yeah yes a community college um, I've had as much as a, I like 10, 10 people max. Any more than ten people, it gets it gets a little it gets a little crazy trying to keep everybody. You know what I mean? It's like herding cats. Yeah, and it's like herding cats. <laughs> yeah, it, it just doesn't go very well. I mean, it just really no, doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So <laughs> that's a good visual, isn't it? Just try to just picture trying to group those cats, and then they turn, and yeah, then they wrap around yeah. your leg, and there's one going the other yes. way. Yeah, um, I wonder how many towns have this. I actually had a friend. It's funny you say this. I had a friend who I was selling on eBay, but he was an t- instructor for a community college on eBay, and he is the one that got me on my processes. He's like, help me fine-tune my process, and then I rolled with it. You know, once I, Now I've outlasted him. I mean, he always looks at me like, man, Steve, you took what I taught you and scaled so much more. But um, it was very helpful, and I think it was, a, it was kind of a reassurance that I got from him that was very helpful to me. Right. Wow, that's really great. But I do remember sitting next to him at an auction and him bidding against me. And I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be my friend. He goes, there's no friends in an auction. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, you wanted that bad. You could have it. I mean, geez. Wow. Mm -mm. Nope. Okay. So uh, I love the idea of this. So you now have a course of your own, you and a friend. And so uh, tell us about the course. So is it it the same model that you were using with um, with the community college? Uh, yes, it is, but it's a little bit more in depth. You know, we just—I uh, think the first module is we just talk about eBay and you know what to sell and how to sell it, and we just go through. Yeah, like almost the same steps, but much more in depth. Is so, it video? Is it how is yes, it how's it's it doing? Okay, it's so it's video. And so, how much is this class? Uh, the class is on special now. I think it's uh, forty-nine dollars. We're really getting it low, so people can get in. Forty-nine bucks. class too. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Okay. There's a lot of free videos out there, too. It's on Vimeo. Oh, Vimeo. Okay. Search Vimeo for, um, 
how do I sell on eBay? And, and, and it'll pop up. Okay. And I'll put a link out there for you. I'll help you out. Oh, how do I yeah, sell no on eBay? Because I think, I mean, this is Steve's advice, is that everyone should be on multiple channels. Here's the, here's the reason you want to start selling on eBay. A, they're going to throttle you. They will, they will only let you list 10 items, I think, or something like maybe 100 items, whatever it is. They will only limit that. PayPal will throttle you. PayPal will throttle you for, I think it's 30 days or something like that, or 45 yes. days. And so you, if you plan, I mean, if your B plan is Amazon suspends your account and you then plan, all right, well, I always have eBay. Well, guess what? You will not have eBay unless you have an eBay account that's been established yes. and you've been past that throttle. Yes. Those, because that's a very big deal. So if you're interested in it, spend 49 bucks, or you can do it for free. Again, Paul mentioned there are a million free videos out there. But if you want to buy time, I'm always a, a, I think it's important to buy time, then this might be something for you. And I'll have a link there. Spend 49 bucks. Start learning how to do it. Do it. Sell the 2000 or $3,000. You mentioned both numbers. In your house, get rid of that crap. Learn the process. Go through the pain of shipping yourself because it's painful. Go through the process of taking stuff to the post office. It's painful. Um, go through the process of taking pictures and answering questions. All that's pain. But once yeah. you get past it, then you're like, oh, that's it, right? I mean, you mean like that's all there is? Yep. But you got to go through it. And then once you're at that place, you scaled past it. You now have established to eBay that you're a legitimate seller. You established to PayPal. You're a legitimate seller. And now you can take and really, then you have a real B plan. Otherwise, you really don't have a B plan. No, Here, you don't. And, you know, Paul, here's the other thing is I see a lot of people saying, what do I do with the stuff coming back from Amazon? Where can I sell it? Is there a liquidation company? When they're sending it to a liquidation company, they're getting 10 or 15 cents on the dollar. When you I sell know. things, now you sold both on Amazon and eBay. How close right. are the prices that you've experienced generally between the two? I think sometimes Amazon's a little bit more. Right. I've seen. Um, and it, it actually, uh, speaking of that, I've actually hooked up with a few Amazon sellers that have sent me their returns instead of to a liquidator, and I've sold them on eBay for them and made them pretty good money on the consignment. So that was that was worthwhile for you and them. So that was win-win. Oh, yes, yeah, so win-win-win. <laughs> okay, so win-win-win-win-win, yeah. right? Win-win-win-win-win. Right, yeah. especially because it's a vending machine. There's That's when you really like when somebody gives you six of a pair of Nikes right of the same size because then you list it once and that kind of thing okay so that's powerful too so i think i think this is good advice right so partner up with someone if you're interested in it and or partner into a course and learn how to do it so you have a b plan here's the other piece of advice i would say to you selling on amazon is not different from selling on ebay or vice versa it's you know there are different nuances but, you know, right. you're basically buying something at a lower price, selling it at a higher price, you know, connecting and adding photos or adjusting, depending on what it is. Selling on Walmart is pretty darn close. Selling on, well, there's a million other ones. Most of them really aren't yeah. good, but but there's a few. I mean, uh, Macari, I think, is one that some people are having some success. Or Etsy, if you've ever tried to sell on Etsy. It's pretty darn similar. Yeah. That, that skill set, when the next marketplace opens, and there'll be another marketplace, believe it, there will be somebody else. You're prepared with the skill set that you have. So that's why I suggest you do it and invest the time. It's not that much time. How long does somebody go through the course? How, how long until they start seeing some success, Paul? Gen- uh, generally. Within a couple of days, I've seen people, you know, because I always keep in contact with my students, you know. Um, I've seen them within a couple of days, you know. Hmm. Stay-at-home moms are one of my uh, favorites to um, to teach because, you know, I mean, they're home, you know, and they – they're not working anymore, and they feel like they're not contributing. Some feel like they're not contributing to the household because they're not working financially. So this gives them an opportunity to, like I had a woman that was just selling her old baby clothes that the kids were growing out of. She wasn't selling them for much, a couple bucks a piece, but she was thrilled. She'd call me, gosh, I made $9 today. And she was thrilled to her. That was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And she didn't leave the house. She didn't have to get a babysitter. Exactly. I, and I tell this story, my, my, my kids have kids in daycare, and this year with three of them, they're going to spend $40,000, four, zero, 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 zero. And it gives me a heart attack. My heart skips every time I say it and to repeat it, and I get why they're doing it. It makes sense for them, you know, in their world. But that mom who made nine bucks without having to do that, who gets to see that baby, who gets to lay with that baby, who gets to, you know what I mean? There is something... 
you know, and, and again, I'm, yep. you know, I'm, it, it, I'm not putting down my kids for what they're doing. I get it. But I also get that that $9 thing is a huge accomplishment. She contributed to the household tenfold. A, being a stay-at-home mom is a huge, you know, a huge piece of it. But then actually, instead of taking money to contribute back, oh, that's big. You're exactly right. You know, and you think about that because she's not spending any. Well, I mean, she spent money on clothes originally, but right. You're right. Wow. And, and. Think about when that child goes into school. She now has a true skill set. I mean, how your wife works full time now? Yeah. Okay, so you're the you're the one who has the flexible schedule, like you said. When the kids need help or whatever, it's dad that's going to step in. But and I'm I'm assuming she appreciates that because that takes pressure off of her. Yes. And so imagine that wife who was or that spouse that was earning money part-time or whatever, they get a chance to do it a little bit more and they have that, they still have that flexibility of helping the house without having to go and get a full-time job because that changes things too. Um, Coordinating vacations, that's a problem, right? You know, when you have, right now it's your wife that has to worry about taking days off for vacation. You then have to adjust your schedule around that. But when you are working, it was much more complicated. I hope people are hearing this. I mean, this is, this is real life stuff. Um, from two dads that stay home, yeah. right? Yeah. Did you, how about this? This is a weird one. Did you lose your identity when you lost your job? No, I didn't. You know, funny you should mention that. Um, at one time, my job was my identity. Right. Until I, I, I was, we'd go to these parties before kids. <laughs> <laughs> Good qualifier. <laughs> Because I even said to my wife, I said, why is it when I'm at a party, the first thing a man asks me is, so what do you do? And then women don't ask women, what do you do? They just talk about life. And my wife goes, that's because men use their job as their identification. That, that's how they, and well, you know, you're right. So I, I stopped doing that, to be honest with you. It was the best thing I could do, which is not to use my job as this is what I do. You know, just, I tell people I'm a granddad when they ask, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm a granddad. And look at me like, what? And what does that what? mean? I'm like, oh, well, oh. you know, uh, I mean, it, it's a weird conversation and it takes it in a different way. And then, of course, they're always like, can you teach me? I'm like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. But now Paul can. <laughs> Paul can teach like, you. Steve's not teaching anybody. I'm not a good teacher That's when it comes to that stuff. You know, it's it's interesting and it's different because of our age. I mean, could you imagine your dad doing what you're doing? No way. No. No chance. <laughs> but, I mean, just think about generationally. But but here's a question. Could you imagine one of your kids doing what you're doing? Yes, I could. Yes. That's yeah, the difference. Think about that. Generationally, Absolutely. there's no way that would have been allowed in your dad's generation. Absolutely. You're getting away with it, and your kid, it would be perfectly normal. Right, right. Did you see uh, the young gentleman, the 18-year-old kid that was there? Alex. Time? Alex. Yeah. Love that kid. I, yeah. I was like, man, I want to hug him. 18 years old. I'm 57 years old. My gosh, if I was 18 and had the mind that I have now, that would be, that would have been incredible. He is. You know? uh, he was investing his time into his education, and by going and hanging out with all of us, right? Right. It just took him into a new place because he's like, whoa. This is what the future can be. Now, I don't remember much about his dad. I don't remember the story about his dad. I'm going to actually have him on at some point when he does hit successful. I want him to hit some success. Um, But I was interested because here's a kid kind of, it seemed like he was a little bit on his own trying to figure it out, right? Not, Not with a dad there guiding him down this road. Like I help guide my sons down this road because, you know, obviously I'm pretty good at it, right? Um, when you don't have that and you got to kind of figure it out on your own, um, it is a different, a different way to get to, um, a different, a different place to get to. But I think the way he's doing it, trying to, he's trying to find a job to work for somebody. So if somebody in the Chicago area is looking for someone, um, in e-commerce that you're going to make them fill boxes or something like that, um, if somebody's looking, message me and I will put you in contact with this kid. He's, uh, what a nice kid. I mean, just a nice, nice kid. Polite, 
smart. You can tell he wants to learn. He will definitely suck you dry information-wise, but that's a good thing. This is a chance to invest in someone else. So I always call it sewing into other people. This is a great opportunity. So if somebody's interested in Chicago looking for somebody, um, let me know, and I'll put you in contact with them because I just think it'd be cool. But I think you're right. There's somebody who's doing it. That says something about the generation coming up, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It almost says there's hope for the generation coming up because some of the things I see young people doing today, I'm just like, what the heck? But then again, I didn't have all this social media stuff and these phones. You didn't either when you were a kid. You know, things right. were different back then. But we did it too. Things. And so I don't. You know, yeah, I, I we always did we way. did it ourselves. Let's own up to it. Be men and yeah, just say, yeah. You know, that. I'm always like. Do as I say, not as I do, will you? That's right. Yeah, that's what my daughter always says. Dad, remember that story you told me about you doing this? I'm going, I did? Oh, uh, I told you that? Oh, boy, that's I shouldn't right. have told that don't, one. Don't tell your mom I told you that. But, uh, it's real, though. It's good, though. It was good. It's really good. Okay, so so I guess that here's the, the positive thing. I want people to hear this. Here is uh, a full-time seller. has been selling for almost 10 years full-time. Went at 70%, didn't wait till he replaced his income, went when it was good enough, now has made a good living for a long period of time on your terms, and it's not fun all the time. It is hard. It's not easy. You, this, I, you heard me when I talked. It's a business you love this hour, and you'll hate this hour every five minutes or so. It'll be the best thing in the world. It's the worst decision in my life, right? But you did it on your terms for 10 years, and you didn't master Amazon and sold $10 million on Amazon. You weren't a incredible success on Amazon. And yet, 10 years later, you're still here plodding along, doing what you want to do, working on your business, but at your terms. Paul, that's a, how many people can say that? They would have said, I failed. I tried Amazon. I was not a $10 million seller and I left because I failed. You right. seem to be doing okay. It's a pretty cool right. thing. Yeah, thank you. I, I mean, I, I applaud it, and I hope people hear that and just sit back and say, hmm, okay, I tried this. This part didn't wasn't as thrilling for me. So I, I think I think you're right. I think it is a good thing showing that, you know, that there is opportunity here, and I think um, that the youth that take this serious, that look, I tell my son all the time, you've got to have a side hustle. You need to. That's oh. how you have fun. That's when life gets enjoyable because you're making that money. You're reaping the reward. You get to go to Hawaii, right? Amen. <laughs> so, so I, I always had something going on on the side. Even when I was working full time, I was repairing lawnmowers in my garage way back. Always something on the side. Hmm. Very Love important. It. Love it. Okay, so uh, what I want to do is one of the things, and I, and I think I hope people heard this and hear it loud and clear again. Here is a successful person who's been doing it for 10 years on his terms. He does not have to measure himself against these mega sellers in a negative way. And there's not downplaying the mega sellers. I, I call them outliers. There's some unbelievable, tons of my friends are unbelievable sellers that I could never be because I'm not willing to do what they do. I don't have the skill sets they have. Does that mean I failed? Not my terms. I'm cool with it. I'm very, very comfortable with it. You're another example of that. And I hope people hear that and really breathe a little bit and say, wait, I'm profitable, I'm making money, I'm not making as much as I want, or I, I am, whatever, on my terms, that's a good, how many small businesses do you know that are going out of business, right? How many have you seen go out of business? Um, right. Yeah, and yet you're still surviving. So I, I just hope people hear that. So the goal of the podcast is to help people move forward and get unstuck. To me, I think you've been a good example of somebody who's been doing it for a long time. So give a tip or two that you think people can use to help them continue? Because I think that's really the answer, isn't it? Even if they don't get unstuck, just keep continuing. It gets easier. Yes, it does. Just, you know, like I said, it just seems like it was yesterday. It was taking me hours to do a listing. My wife, I forget the first time I was doing listings, she's like, if it's going to take this long, maybe you should find something else to do. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's maybe the one time she wasn't real supportive, okay? <laughs> right. All right. So there is that one time. She's allowed. I mean, dude, you got stuff in the house, man. You keep bringing crap in the house. She's allowed. That's right. <laughs> just stay focused. I know it's easier said than done, but just really, really work on staying focused. Uh, hang around people that are going to keep you focused. Uh, don't get... I. I talk to people all the time to just like watch YouTube. Nothing wrong with watching YouTube stuff. Sometimes it's better just to get started and, and, and just 
keep trudging along because sometimes you can be paralyzed by you know just watching all this stuff just Keep going. It, there's no better way. You can't watch how to pack a package. After a hundred times, it's basically it goes in a box. You put a piece of tape on it. You put a label on it, and you send it. That's the answer. No, there's no way. Wait, I've got the answer. Here's the perfect like method. I'll, <laughs> like I'll never forget when I sent when I was going to do Amazon FBA books. Mm-hmm. This is the easiest thing to do. I said do books. It's easier. It took me. Two months to send in my first thing. You know why? Because I was paralyzed by watching all these videos. Like, wait, now this guy does it this way. Wait, now this guy does it the other way. He's got the answer. No, that can't be right. This is the answer. So finally (laughs) I said, I called somebody that does it. And I said, I need for you to be on call. When's a good time? She said, okay, between this hour and this hour. I said, okay, great. And I just did it. And I'm calling her. So I said, am I doing this right? Yep. And I did my first order. And I went, that was a lot easier than being paralyzed by all this other outside stuff. You know what I mean? That I was letting paralyze me. That's that's one thing we need to stop doing. Okay. And I, you know what? You're the second person I've had in the last uh, two weeks that has said the same thing. They've had to pull back from all the groups and all the videos and all the oh. courses and actually put it into practice. I think there's something powerful. At some point, you got to say, I know what I'm doing. Well, what's so funny is there are people that come to my meetup that have never been built on Facebook and are huge ebay sellers and are huge amazon sellers and i've never been on facebook don't even have a facebook account and i'm going wow how do you do it without getting all the information i said i focus on my business when i have a question i look it up in amazon help and ebay help maybe call them i don't i'm like oh yeah gee that would really i i'm thinking to myself you're like what it can be done that way (laughs) hello i was just hanging out with a uh, several million dollar seller in chicago and we were talking about software, and I'm like, which one do you use? Because he's got a ton of SKUs in this, and he goes, Amazon. I'm like, well, you don't use one of the – Amazon. That's it. He knows no better. He's like, I don't need any of that other stuff. No. I'm like, you know what? I mean, he knows what – he's got that confidence, right? And that that's such a powerful tool. Dude, that's awesome. I love what you're doing. So I'm going to have a link here for your Vimeo stuff. I'm going to go find it, and I'll put a link there. How do I sell any bets? 49 bucks, people. It's a special. Please, if you've been thinking about it, you know, if this is the one or go do something, just move forward, open up that other channel because it could be very rewarding. To be honest with you, you know, I think about Gary Baird. I, I use him as a good example. Gary was a, uh, he's still a coach, but he was a good seller. He hated, um, he hated sourcing, hated it, but he loved the process side of it. Now he's opened up his own prep center. He still hates sourcing. Guess what? He doesn't source. He doesn't want any of wow. that stuff. He's figured a thing. So you might open up an ebay store and say oh my god this is what i've been looking for this is where i'm getting my fulfillment from this might be the thing for you so spend the 49 bucks um i don't benefit in any way i don't get a a dollar of it it's just to me it's if you can buy time and if you can connect if you and you and paul resonate with each other if this is the kind of person that you want to work with then please spend your money that way and get move forward love it dude all right, so I'm going to put contact information. Somebody has follow-up information, so I'm going to have your course out there. How else can somebody get in touch with you, Paul, if they have more questions? Uh, they can uh, contact me through email. Okay. Uh, Paul, period, Apollonia, A-P-O-L-L-O-N-I-A, at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel. I've got some. I'm building up the videos on there pretty much. Uh, what know, is that? It is, uh, it's on YouTube. Just look up my name, Paul Apollonia. Okay, so and I'll have links to that too. Um, yeah, I'll have I've links got, on you know, that. Just videos of me just talking about eBay stuff and, you know, just just being me, basically. I'm not, you know, I mean, that's another thing too. you got to be yourself. Don't, don't try and be somebody else when you're in your business and stuff. It took me a while to figure that out too. That it's not easy just being me, even on the videos. I think you said um, it earlier. It's when you get older. As you get older, you start to become more comfortable. It's like, eh. I don't care what he thinks. Eh, I'm too late. I'm not getting up. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's right. Sure. <laughs> awesome. Um, and I got a website too, and I got a bunch of other stuff on the website. It's just Paul Apollonia, all one word, dot com. Wow, you got that early. Yep. It helps to be. It we're helps we're to be that you were in IT, that you were smart enough to get yes. your own domain. <laughs> right. And I'm also excited. We get called down every year to uh, myself uh, and a friend of mine, Martin Brossman. We do a, a eBay cla- a eBay seminar and social media for the Mobile Tech Expo down in Florida, which is an auto detailing expo that I'm still connected to from my business. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, we do that every year. That's exciting. That's coming up in January. We'll be doing a couple of seminars on it. And do you mention yeah. that on your website? 
I think it's there. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> you sh- if it's not, please put it there, and then that way people yes, can follow I up there. Put that there. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Man, it's awesome. I uh, appreciate it. I'm going to hopefully stay in contact with you and help you scale your inventory system. I'm, I'm going to personally get a little involved here and just help them understand, again, you know, Think of simplicity and and just make it easier for yourself. And then once you get there, then you can keep helping other people. And I I appreciate that you do that because I like to do that too. So it is awesome. I appreciate your help. Uh, Thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Take care. Great guy. As I said, he's humble, very humble, um, yet got a heart of gold and is successful. He's successful on his terms. And I think that that's what you got to get to is don't measure yourself against others. Measure yourself against yourself. Set bigger goals. Here here he is, 57 years old. He's investing time into learning a new inventory system because he wants to be more efficient. How many of us are willing to do that, you know? And I just think that that's so smart. Um, great guy. I have all his contact stuff out on this episode. Please take a look at it. Hey, don't forget my sponsors. Um, Gaze Group is closing. Uh, maybe she'll let you sneak in once. Uh, try and sell her. I said, maybe, please. Um, but I just think it's such a great group. I'm in there, so you'll see me there. Um, got to use Seller Lab Scope. That tool is so powerful. I'm using it for researching on another particular thing too because it, it just helps me when I see those keywords, it helps me identify what kind of things I want to go searching for. So I can look for a particular product by using Scope. I find the top seller. I see the keywords that they're using and then I go out and source products for that. This is like, duh. Everybody else is going to be saying, Steve, of course, everybody does it. Well, Scope allows you to do that. I just love that product. Solutions for e-commerce. Don't forget, Karen, mention my name when you go. Mention Momentum. I have a link there. Um, You're going to save 50 bucks, but you're also going to get that inventory health report. And the storage charges are coming. The storage charges are coming. EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.